Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Right, so I'm in conversation with Jenna Bayer, who is a practicing counseling psychologist. And our conversation this afternoon is around grief. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for joining us, Jenna. Hi. Afternoon. Thank you for having me. So it's a big conversation. It's a tough one to have. Let's just maybe first of all define grief because I I understand it to be something where you are dealing with loss. But is all loss around death? Well, that that's the thing about loss. the The thing about grieving is when the 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 loss process doesn't just happen when someone dies. Mm. So. When we're grieving, we're usually grieving the loss or the death of someone. But it can apply to other things. It can apply to the loss of a, a job when you've been doing a job for so long, when you um, no longer have something that you, you've had for so long. It could be a relationship too, and you go through a loss process. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is that the psychological processes that you go through with, with death are similar to, to the others, whether it's a career you've had for 20 years or anything else. So... Primarily, it's, 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 it's defined as a loss, but it's generally speaking with grief, it's, it's the loss of a loved one. So it's usually with death. And that's the key thing, Jenna, isn't it? Because sometimes we want to limit the type of grief to, to a specific thing. So in other words, we are very understanding if your loss of a spouse, for instance, or a parent or somebody very close in the family, we understand that it's a big event and it's a big loss for you. But very little empathy, maybe, for instance, if you've lost, I don't know, a dog or a cat. So people will sort of say to you, well, Jenna, for goodness sake, it was just a cat. Whereas for you, the impact may be just as, as, as strong as somebody who's lost a child. Yeah, and that, that lack of empathy is deeply concerning because when you lose something, regardless of what it is, it's not for you to judge or to be confrontational or to argue or to analyze it. The point is to be there for the person, to be completely supportive, to listen, to attend to their needs and to show support. So that that lack of empathy itself is obviously deeply concerning. It's not for you to judge, regardless of what type of loss it is. Um, so yeah, that that is a is a deep concern. But unfortunately, that often happens where people still use phrases like "snap out of it" or "get over it," or they try and become the fixer or things like that. That's that's not your job. Your job is to be there to listen to to and to to comfort the person. Um, and to be there for them because you don't know what they're experiencing and it's not for you to judge whether it's the loss of a dog or a human being. Is this not compounded, Jenna, by the fact that structure itself doesn't support other loss? So you can't call your boss and say to my boss, listen, I need two weeks off. I've lost a friend, right? You know, no, no working environment gets that. They expect you to say, I lost my friend and I'm coming into work. Whereas, yes, they may have room for you to lose a family-loved person, but even that, there's categories, you know. Your extended grandmother, who biologically may be just that extended, but very close to you, nobody understands that you should take time off. So isn't that Look, part I'll, of the I'll, problem? Yeah, it is part of the problem. Um, in terms of the sort of labor laws regarding dogs, and well, I, I don't know what the laws are or that, but I'll tell, you what the, I'll tell you what the issues are that many companies don't understand mm-hmm. generally. Mm-hmm. Is, is that there's a lack of mental health awareness, mm. all right? And um, what people don't understand with grieving, grieving is a, a human emotion which everyone goes through, mm. but they're mitigating factors. So the nature of the death, so say you witness a violent death, mm. the degree of closeness to the person, 
Uh, if there were closure issues, to say you had like a fight and then three days later the person passes away, mm. or say it's consecutive death, so someone dies and then three days later someone else dies. So it's not just you're not just grieving the loss of someone, but it's the factors around it, mm. the trauma, the, the, the relationship, um, your current situation. Mm. Let's say you currently have depression, for example, mm. and now you have a traumatic grief that you're going through as well. It can compound your mental health. Mm. But because there's a lack of mental health awareness and stigma in companies and people using ridiculous phrases like snap out of it, mm. this then makes it worse for the person who's going through the experience. That's why going to companies and doing mental health awareness and explaining it to them makes it even better. But even more so what's alarming is just a straightforward lack of empathy. Mm. That, that, that That is what 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 concerns me and and that is where we are a bit behind in this country is is a lack of emotional intelligence is that our employees are seen as sort of pieces on a chessboard a means to an end but these are you're a human being before your job title um and that's the thing about grief it's not just that you're grieving but it's all those factors around it i did say we'll take those calls and i want to see if we can't pick up on yunus who's calling us from cape town good afternoon yunus thanks so much for calling us Hi, good afternoon. Afternoon. Uh, afternoon. Many different approaches to the grief, to the, to the situation if somebody passed away. Like, for instance, in, in my country, in Poland and Europe, the 1st of November is a death of dead people, and we're going to go to cemetery and peacefully, uh, quietly, and uh, stand there, pray for them. Uh, in other traditions, like even our black brothers and sisters, when somebody died, they make a big party, you know, they celebrate, they sing. Different approach also in South Africa, South American country, uh, they are got the different approach. So sometimes it's confusing what happening, whether it's at the wedding or, is it the, or, the, or the, somebody died. So especially myself, with a South African person, I sometimes I'm confused about it. So I think there's a different approach in the depends of the tradition and how people celebrate uh, or mourn the those who left us. But I mean, Jenna, I don't know if you heard it because the line is not great, but it's really yeah. not, it's not for us to judge how people want to that's, celebrate or mourn a person's life, right? That's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's not about things you say when someone dies. It's not about analyzing, judging, being confrontational. It's about you being there. Remember, when a person experiences a trauma or a death, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bad or a violent death, let's say. Two assumptions about the world are shattered, that the world's a safe place and that people can be trusted, right? Mm. So our job is to contain the person, to listen, to create a safe space, um, and to be there for the person. Once we do that, then we can listen more and, and then help them. And let's say it's very severe, then maybe refer to a psychologist. Mm. But our job is not to use phrases like snap out of it or try and cheer them up or try and fix them. Because everyone grieves. Everyone goes through challenges. The point is not to rationalize, because what's rational to you is not rational to them. Mm. Okay, their experience of the bere- of the grief is completely different to yours. So the point is not to rationalize. The point is to be supportive and foster a containing environment. Jenna, what about collective grief? You know, I, I don't think we ever give enough um, attention to collective grief. So I remember feeling a real sense of grief not so long ago for people I didn't even know. Um, but that was a story mm. that came out of Pretoria where the homeless were being killed one after the other after the other. I mean, I mm. had no connection to these people. I didn't know them. But as you said earlier, there is something about the circumstances that maybe trigger something in you. And I got the mm. feeling 
that there were mm. more of us affected by those deaths than just myself, yeah. you know? And, and I wasn't yeah. sure how, as a collective, could we have better grieved or, or moved to deal with the sense of loss that we had? Well, A, to talk about it, but B, your reaction further emphasizes the factors around grieving. Mm. So number one, it's affected you on a moral level. Mm. Um, these are homeless people being killed. Mm. Number two, you're a human being with empathy. So these are helpless people who are killed. Um, so it shows your humanity, which is obviously very is, is incredible as well. And B, you can be traumatized by just seeing something on television. Mm. That shows the power of trauma and grieving that it may not even be related to you and you can be traumatized. That's why I'm further emphasizing the factors around the grief, such as the trauma. So there can absolutely be collective grief, whether it's Marikana, 9-11, mm. any trauma you see on, you see on TV, you can even something you read in the newspaper. It's because um, it affected you on a moral level and you have empathy and it's, and it's that, that, that sense of helplessness that they've gone through. Maybe it triggered something in you. I don't know. You would know more than that than me. But it's because of your empathy and because of it's hit you on a moral level. So, so, and that shows you the wide-ranging impact of grief. So then, you know, just to help us going forward, is, is this why it's important for us to memorialize incidents? You know, in other words, um, if we were to gather together, and had gone to the bus stop, for instance, where the first victim was killed. Would that have yeah. gone some way in assisting us? Yes, because A, it shows support. B, if you sweep things under the carpet, then they don't just go away and then it builds up and builds up and it can exhaust you. That anxiety and that grief can ultimately result in depression if you keep sweeping it under the carpet. So by celebrating, by memorializing it, um, their lives, it shows that A, we are, we're, we're a caring society, B, we show that we, we care about people. And not, we're not just discarding the dead or people, people like that. So it shows that, yeah, that we care. And B, it's, it's, it's self-care because by you realizing, actually, you know, I'm human and I'm, and I'm allowed to grieve and I'm allowed to cry and we should come to, together to, to celebrate that. It shows our humanity. So 100% we can do that. If, if, if we don't allow ourselves to grieve, then that can only make it worse because we're sweeping anxiety under the carpet, and that can lead to depression. Like I said earlier, grieving is a human emotion. Allow yourself to grieve, whether it's other people or you. Allow yourself to cry because, because if you also in this country, we're consistently hearing traumatic stories to the point where we can desensitize it or it can result in burnout. That's why we have to talk about it and, and help each other as a community because the more we support each other, the more we can help society overcome these grieving situations. That's why active citizenry and Ubuntu and community come, coming together, like you suggesting, is extremely important. I'm in conversation with Jenna Bayer, who is a psychologist, and we're, we're discussing grief this afternoon. And if you want to unpack a little bit of your grief, you're more than welcome to give us a call because it's a very difficult thing. And sometimes, as I said, you may be grieving somebody for years and, and it's difficult to explain to other people why it is that it's so difficult for you to, to you know, get your, your life back, so to speak. And 891 at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter.
My guest is Jenna Bayer. We're discussing grief. He's a clinical psychologist and uh, we are discussing really the different ways in which we are affected by death and how we can better um, at least move on. Jenna, one of the things that is very, very difficult is for those witnessing the person grieving. Mm. Uh, You've spoken to us about how, you know, what not to say. Don't say get over it and so on. But what can we say to support somebody who's really struggling with grief? So, to put it succinctly, contain, uh, listen, be attentive, and in an extreme case, refer for counseling. So, what does this mean? Mm. When the incident happens, when you when you with the the person who's grieving, um, what I would obviously suggest or what what or how questions. So, if you are asking them questions, ask like, you know, how are you feeling? So, it's just an open-ended question where you're just listening to them, and don't even ask that many questions. Just simply say to them, I'm here to listen, I'm here to care for you. Mm-hmm. If you want to talk to me, I'm right here. If they don't want to, that's fine because anger is often part of the healing process. Mm-hmm. But just keep saying that you're there, but never ignore the signs. So continue to say you're there to support. Offer a glass of water, a cup of tea, something like that. But continue to show that you're there to support. Um, but don't bombard them with why questions or yes, no answers mm-hmm. or things like that because it's very pressurizing and they traumatize. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do that. What and how questions. That's number one. Be li- listen to the, what they're going through. Um, create a safe, containing environment. Show that you are, you know, keep emphasizing that the doors open whenever you're there to listen. Um, and if they start saying things where you simply don't know how to help or what to do, say, can I, often, can I suggest sort of psychological help mm. um, in an extreme case as well? But like I said, being sad is, is, a, is a human emotion. So we are there to offer our support and to listen. It's not about some philosophical comment you make. It's just about you being there. Mm. Um, So listen, contain, be attentive, and refer to a psychologist if need be, if you feel the need is there. I've often heard, you know, different views on this in terms of the doing support. So you, you're very careful, obviously, not to say the inappropriate things. So I'm told that you don't say things like I understand because someone will say what you don't understand. Mm. So then it becomes yeah, that yeah. conversation. But also the doing thing, you know, often you would find people who say, come on, just get out of bed. Let's go. Let's go. And they've got this whole day planned for the person who's grieving. And that may be inappropriate. Or is it not? Mm. No, you 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 remember you've, you you don't want to foster the the, the, the mentality that they're helpless mm. um so you still want to you want to go there ask them how you feel how they feel keep saying to them if you if you want to go somewhere i'm i'm here i'm here for you but you still want to foster the the right to self-determination and the power of choice mm. so rather just say is there anything you want to do um how can i help you would you like to go somewhere but not just this forceful imposing, get out of bed and let's go do it, because they may not be emotionally ready. Also, the trauma may have been a hijacking or something on the street, and they may not be ready for that either. So it also depends on the nature of the death as well, um, in terms of what happened to the person. That's why that's crucial. That's why I keep saying, ask them what and how questions. What would you like to do? How can I help you today? Is there anything I can get for you? Would you like to go somewhere? Um, so you're putting the ball in their court and you're fostering their power of choice because often people who grieve and feel helpless. That's the key thing. But it's, it's a risk imposing, especially because of the nature of the death. Let's take those calls, as I said. Mtobisi, you're calling us from Durban. Hi. 
Yes, uh, it's from Service, uh, I'm calling from Durban. Yes, sir, go ahead. Yes, um, I'd like to make a contribution. Um, I've lost uh, my dad and uh, my mother when I was growing up. Mm. And um, it taught me something about grief. Um, I'm now a pastor, and uh, it just taught me that uh, sometimes the things we say when people lose their loved ones, uh, when you're saying it in terms of looking at it's a fate, Faith uh, value, you it, it, it sounds easy, but uh, I want to agree with uh, with your case that that's the most important thing for somebody to do is to be there. And uh, I've learned that the, most of the things we say, the Bible verses we preach, when people have lost their loved ones, some of them just don't get to where we try to send it. And sometimes we say to people, "Don't cry, mm. be strong," uh, mm. which is wrong. Uh, when you've mm. gone mm. through grief and when you when you've experienced grief, you just understand that crying and going through the process of grief is very important. And sometimes we use faith and, and, and run away from dealing with the grief. And at the end, it catches up with you because it's something you've never dealt with. Mm. Toby, so how old were you when you lost uh, your parents? Uh, when I lost my my dad, I was 10. And when I lost my mom, I was 17. Did you understand uh, it at 10? I mean, did you understand what was going on? Uh, at, when I lost my dad, in fact, my dad passed away uh, in front of me. Yeah. And I was the only one in the house. Mm. Uh, it, it, it took quite a lot out from me, and losing my mom also took out a lot of me because I was left with my brothers to raise them up. And there were no actually family members around to help me through the process. But only when I was older, uh, I got to experience the reality of losing your parents. And I, I think the most, the, the time that it hit me the most, when I was getting married, when they were the people who mm-hmm. I loved were not there. So that part of not dealing with that grief caught up with me at that time. So um, th- that's it. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Mtabisi. Um, quite touching, Jenna. I don't know if you want to add anything. Well, I've heard the one thing you said, which is which is the issue of crying, and I, I really appreciate that for two reasons. Number one. Is often in a grieving situation where there's the odd person who says, I've got to be the strong one for everyone. And that's a worry because it can catch up, catch up with you if you continue to sort of sacrifice your own feelings and you feel like you have to be the martyr. You're allowed to cry. It's a human process, but often we think, I've got to be the strong one for everyone. I've got to be the rescuer. No. You, crying doesn't mean you're not strong. Crying is a human emotion through grieving and then also, also the issue of, of being a man and men mustn't cry and that type of thing it's this is not about gender or any of those things crying in a grief is is a human emotion and suppressing those suppressing your natural instincts can only make it worse so i appreciate his comments on two accounts and my say to also your caller obviously i'm extremely sorry for what happened to him um and i'm proud of how he's come through it all um because obviously to, to, at such a young age, a tough thing to grow through. There's a quick voice note that I want us to listen to. Okay. Hello? Oh. Oh, you know, this technology, uh, Jenna. I mean, oh, try. I've been trying yeah. to yeah. in Lepalale. You know, there's something else I've noticed, um, especially to do with uh, some people who always would just dismiss whoever is grieving by saying that we all go through that you know you are just a bit dismissive and really not sympathetic uh, i don't know what is the comment of mr bear on this 
Jenna, just wrap it up for us, you know, because I think you've touched on this a little bit, but where people just don't get it and they want to dismiss the, the emotions of others in two yeah, seconds. It, 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 it's really a concern that because it's, it's not the whole point is not to try and get it. Not everything that needs a rational explanation or needs to be analyzed. Because what's rational to you is not rational to the person who's grieving. They're in in a traumatized state of mind. You don't have a rational conversation with someone who's traumatized. It's not the point. They're traumatized. Your point is the the aim is to be containing, to say I'm here to support you, to to foster a, a supportive, safe environment, especially if the nature of the death is a violent one. And then as time goes, they'll talk more. Um, grieving is, is, you know, I always say it's not a, you, you, you may not always remember what a person says, but you'll always remember how they made mm. you feel. Mm. And you can remember that in 10 years' time. And that's the point with grieving. It's not what that said, but it's, it's your being there. It's, it's the emotional support. Because, like I, like I said, it's not about rational conversations. The person is traumatized. It's just about your being there and to be supportive. I want to thank you so much, Jenna Bayer, uh, just adding his contribution to our conversation around grief on our wellness feature today. Two o'clock now, let's go to Utsi Lesaku for the latest in, uh, in the news.